0: This is a good one. Welcome to episode 13 of the Paul All podcast. And, uh... <sighs> kind of recording this at a weird time because I just had a fucking episode with my computer just being angry at it for sucking. Uh, but, uh, we'll, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. This week's beer is the White Rascal, which is a Belgian-style white ale with curacao, orange peel, and coriander. And it's made by Avery Brewing, which is in Boulder, Colorado, so. It's pretty darn good. Yes, it is quite good. I don't know how to describe it. It's just... tasty. It's got like a little bit of a spice at the end. Must be that coriander. I don't know how to describe it. It's just kind of interesting and tasty. Um. Fuck. What'd y'all do for July 4th? Did anyone do anything special? I did, like, nothing special. Uh. Saturday. Well, Friday, I got off early. I only had, like, a half day. So I got off around, like, noon or something. Spent the rest of the day playing video games. And then Saturday was like an all-day affair for video games. (laughs) And Sunday I was just, like, depressed. And then Monday I was just doing not much at all. There weren't even, like, fireworks near me. I think I missed... There were, like, supposed to be some fireworks in my area. But I think that was, like, July 1st. Which I fucking hate. Why are the fireworks on July 1st? So if you live in this town... Your fireworks are on July 1st, which makes no sense, because it's not even close to Independence Day. Oh, but on July 4th, if you look at 9 p.m., you'll see tons of different fireworks near the mountains, out east. Like, you just see, like, 20 different sets of fireworks, but they're all super far away. Oh, every other town is doing it classically and traditionally. But your town does it three days in advance (laughs) for no fucking reason. (laughs) Because it must be a Glendale, Colorado, like, ordinance or something. <laughs> We're just going to do it on the 1st, because we've always done it that way. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. So I missed out this year. I just didn't realize or remember that it was on the 1st. I thought it was on the 3rd last year, but I don't really fucking remember. Um, what's interesting is that's actually illegal in Denver County to use personal fireworks, which I don't think it was illegal in Milwaukee, And last year, I feel like nobody really paid attention to that rule. Because I felt like I heard tons of, like, you know, random firecrackers and shit going off. But then I wasn't really outside a bunch this weekend. So I don't know. But maybe they really clamped down on that from last year and they were like, fuck. Just maybe they enforced fines or something more more seriously this year. I don't know. Uh, Notable accomplishments over the weekend I cleaned the bar finally those bottles were just getting really dusty and crap and I didn't realize how much like dust and cat hair was just like hanging on them or below them on the counter space because when I put the fucking sponge to that thing after I removed all of them holy crap there's just so much hair (laughs) it's just so disgusting (laughs) because I hadn't done that since I moved I don't think not really and I finally did like a reorganization a reflow because every time I buy a, a new bottle if it's a really tall bottle that changes the whole flow. So basically with the bar right now I have it set up where obviously the tallest are in the back row and the the shortest are in the front row. That way you can see everything, you know, like a concert. You know, the tallest seats are in the back row so that the people in the front where the people in the back can see, and they aren't blocked by the people in the front. Same concept. And also, I'm doing it where it's kind of like the two towers. So imagine the two towers as far as, like, the left and right sides. So the left and right sides on the back row have, like, the tallest bottles in the bar. And then it as you move inward into that row, they get, like, progressively shorter. But then, you know, like, not short enough where it, it doesn't fit in that row. And so and then the next row is... Is the second row is the same. So it's kind of cool. Um, I think that works better because it's like, I don't know, the, the shortest, basically the shortest bottles in that row are all in the, in the middle. I think that works the best. I look, think that looks the best. Um, and I'd like to continue that if we uh, get a new setup. Next apartment is probably not going to have the kitchen space for that kind of thing, so, which I'm actually okay with because I'm looking forward to setting up a table, like a dedicated table, um, like a big one, just for having the bar. And I might set up, like, wood planks and stuff, too, so that the, the the bottles in the back, you know, have more room. I can't really do that now because the tallest bottle in the bar is Galliana, which is, like, just barely enough. Uh, there's just barely enough space in in that small, little, like, um, area. Like, it just barely fits just above the cabinets, just below the cabinets. So when we move to a table I might use wood planks because we can then boost them up a little bit higher, but I'm not sure about that. We'll see. Um, so yeah, uh, cleaned the bar, just wiped everything down real nice, um, and uh, I, I feel like I sometimes forget that I have certain bottles because I don't look at the bar. Or I don't clean it enough or I don't, if I don't clean it enough or I don't reorganize it enough, I feel like I legitimately forget that I have s- certain bottles <laughs> because I just never, you know, ever touch them or see them. So, um, a few that I really wanted to drink last night, some of which I did, some of which I didn't, or, um, Midori I wanted to sip on. I didn't end up doing that. Um, What was the other one? There was Midori. And then there was the one I want to talk about in a second, but I have a completely separate segment for it. And then there was something else. I don't know. There were a few that I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. This this tastes great. I'm going to drink this again or something. Um, I didn't get to do that. But anyway... Uh, Oh, I also completely forgot I have blue and orange curacao below the bar in the shelving, in the cabinet. Like, I completely forgot that I even had orange curacao. So there's actually a bunch of cocktails that I thought I couldn't make, and I can't. Actually, I don't know if blue curacao and orange curacao are more for cocktails or for shots. I think they can be for both, but I don't remember. I thought there were some cocktails that required it that I was going to make, and then I couldn't, because I thought I didn't have it. So that segment is underrated bottle at my bar. So this bottle, I think, is completely underrated by me, uh, and I keep forgetting how good it is. And that is Jackson Morgan Banana Pudding Cream. Holy crap, is it good? It's just... it, it When I first bought it, it, it's basically like an Irish cream, but it's not Irish. It's like Southern, you know? When I first bought it, I was like, wow, that tastes amazing. But it doesn't taste anything like banana pudding. Uh, I feel like it's gotten better with age, kind of. Like, I feel like last night, sipping it, I mean, it just tasted more like banana than I thought, uh, than previously thought, than previously experienced. Uh, so I highly recommend that. I don't know if it's available in all states. I haven't seen it, um, in California, um, but I did see it in Denver, and it's really good. And there are a couple different flavors. I think there's like an orange cream one and another one like maybe a caramel or something like it's really good so um that was fun to sip last night. Um, That's about all I have to say about the bar. Uh, I have run out of space because I, I realized I was cramping my bottles so that they kind of all fit on the table, on the counter counter space. But um, I don't like that, because it kind of makes the, the presentation of the, the bottles worse if there's not a decent amount of space between them. If they look cramped, it kind of looks bad. So I basically added a lot more space. And I also moved some of the ones that are, like, round to, like, different parts of the bar, like, so that, you know, like, I have a huge bottle of uh, Russian Standard, and that's like a a really really girthy <laughs> circular bottle that kind of like throws off like the row the row width or something like that. So it's it's like it throws off the next row because like only one bottle in that back row was that wide. So yeah, I tried moving those around a bit, um, but. uh I'm going to try to buy some more, but I don't want to buy any more until I move, because it's like, why would I buy new bottles now if I just have to move them? (laughs) I'm having that attitude with, like, almost everything. Anything I need, like, if it's something I wouldn't use within the next week or so, I'm like, I'm not going to buy that, because then I'd have to just add to the list, add it to the boxes, to the, the list of stuff I have to move. So, maybe I'll invest more in bottles that I want after I move. I feel like there are a few bottles I definitely want. I think there are just a couple bottles from Gary's Bar back in Wisconsin that I feel like I want to try again. I don't know if I need to buy a whole bottle of them, but I feel like I just want to try some of those liquors and spirits again. Because some of those I might not have sipped in like last time, since like the last time I was there. So, it's like Sometimes with these bottles, I'll buy them because it's like, oh, it's a familiar taste from back in the day. Fuck okay, it, let's buy it. Try it out, you know. But I, don't, I also don't need a whole bottle for that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of tough to decide. And with that, let's move into today's gaming corner. So, um, this weekend, I did a ton of gaming. Uh, I actually tried RE4 again. So Resident Evil 4 is an amazing game that came out from the GameCube originally. And I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. Like, I played 1, 2, 0, Veronica. Like, I love the classic RE games. And RE4 is definitely a, a departure from that. But still, it's an amazing game. And the last time I played it, it was like, I don't know, like more than 10 years ago. I gave it a shot and it was like really hard for me to just like play because it was kind of like scary and it was just like the chainsaw man I couldn't I couldn't figure out how to beat him <laughs> and I felt like I kept running out of ammo and herbs and shit and so I just felt like hopeless and so I just quit and I I hadn't played it in the last like 12 years or something and so uh this weekend I finally got back into it started a new save um I'm definitely making better progress than last time. Sometimes that game can, like, feel hopeless at certain points because it's, like... Like, enemies are coming from everywhere, and you're not sure if they're, like, ever going to, like... Is it, like, an infinite spawn? Are they ever going to stop spawning? Or am I wasting all my ammo, like, trying to kill every single one? So it's kind of... It really puts you into this situation when you first start the game where it's, like... You're approaching this village with these, like, crazed people... They have like pitchforks and chainsaws and shit. And the game just like basically puts you in front of the village and you're like fifty feet away from them. They don't see you yet, but you have to walk in there and you know that they're like dangerous. And so you have to choose do you want to like charge right in, start shooting, or do you wanna like take it stealthy? And so it's kind it's it's a I don't know, it was kind of like stressful. Because <laughs> it's it's kind of it, I think the beginning part of the game is kinda of difficult. It's, like, you kind of have to, like, just get into it and figure it out. And it'll take a few deaths to figure out what you need to do. Um, but, yeah. Very good game. I'm on Chapter 3, I think. I think I just started Chapter 3. And uh, it's just so fun to, to shoot enemies because it's, like... You want to go for headshots, obviously, because those are the fastest way to, to kill them without spending a shit ton of ammo. And I think after, like, three or four hits with in the head... Like their head just explodes or something when you shoot them with a the pistol. It's really satisfying, and uh, also the the shotgun is a lot of fun. And um, I don't know, I'm getting I'm getting better at it. <laughs> so we'll see how far I go. I'd I'd like to finish that game eventually, but I think it's like the most popular Resident Evil game to date. Like it's everyone loves it, and I can see why because it's fun. I'm playing on the Wii though, so I'm not. I'm not playing like a modern remaster of it or anything. So the the graphics are definitely dated, but at the same time, it's it's uh, it's acceptable. On the subject of Resident Evil, um, I still need to purchase Resident Evil Three Nemesis for PlayStation because I never really played that back in the day. Uh, I played all the others, basically all the other classic RS. Uh, uh, sorry, all the, all, the, uh, ugh, all the other classic Resident Evils I played, uh, but I didn't play that one. Um, but I know it's kind of like up my alley because it is like a classic, or, want to say RS? God damn it, RE game. Um, so uh, I also would like to eventually get to RE two remastered, which is supposed to be amazing. I've seen and heard some great things about that one. So I, once I get uh, through RE four, maybe I'll I'll purchase that and try to play that. I also got into Just Cause four this weekend. And, oh my god, that game, so so first of all, I played Just Cause 3 on the PS4, loved it, finished the game, like, 100% of it, just amazing game, right? There's, like, a wingsuit, so, like, you grapple onto things in the environment, and then you can parachute or you can wingsuit, and you can, like, just fly around, basically. And it's kind of stupid, because, like, when you get shot at, like, <laughs> it's not, like, accurate, damage or anything like you can take a grenade launcher hit straight to the face and you you'll be fine um but uh just cause four is freaking amazing because there are certain parts uh in like areas that your team hasn't like i guess gained control of where you're like right on the front line um where your team and the enemy which is called the black hand are still like kind of fighting. It's like the front line of that battle or something. What, what happens when you go to these places and you just start shooting, enemies, like, respawn infinitely. They just keep respawning over and over and over again. And you think that's horrible because you can never finish it or something, but basically that's not how it works. If you want to actually, like, not have them infinitely respawn, you just, you know, you, you send in a squad to take control of that territory or something. Like, there's a way you can do it via the game. It's awesome because if they infinitely respawn, you can just keep killing them over and over and over again. Like, the SMG in that game is so much fun to use because it's just kind of, like, so spammy. It's just, like, it's so satisfying to just keep shooting them with the SMG. Like, make another kill, make another kill. Like, they send in tanks. Your SMG has, like, an alternate firing weapon where it's, like a like, a... I don't know, some kind of like focus shot where I can like take out tanks and then you can have an alternate weapon and I usually have the sniper rifle, but the sniper rifle obviously can't take out tanks by itself, but its alternate mode of fire is actually like, like some kind of like sniper grenade thing where it like, it locks onto the target and then it just, it like somehow makes the object explode or something. It's so cool. So they'll keep, like, spawning. The enemy will keep spawning AI. And they'll keep sending in tanks. And you'll just... Every time you kill an enemy, there's a chance to get ammo. So you just keep getting ammo. You keep killing enemies to get more ammo. They send in tanks. You get new ammo, which is new, like, grenade launcher things for your weapons and focus shots. You just take out the tanks again and again and again. And you just just keep going. I did it for, like, four hours. I just kept going and going and going. I must have killed, like, I don't know, like, at least a thousand AI. Like, seriously, it was just so much fun. But also, just like, after a point, it's just like, whoa. <laughs> this is a lot of fun, but holy shit, I've been doing this for three hours or something. Um, it's extremely satisfying to do that and just, like, keep killing AI after AI after AI. Um, but it's also kind of like, can't do that for too, too much. Anyway... That's an amazing game. Um, and uh, in other news, I finished the New Orleans Voodoo book. So I was reading a, a book called the New Orleans Voodoo Handbook. I probably explained this in a previous episode. Um, and it, it starts as a very basic, like, this is New Orleans and Louisiana history. So that's really, really cool. And then it goes into, like, New Orleans customs and traditions and stuff. So, like, it goes into music, like, Zydeco, And then it goes into what New Orleans is known for as far as food and drink and stuff. So the first half of the book is like uh, just amazing because it's all like historical stuff. It's all about New Orleans. The second half of the book is more like actual like voodoo rituals. And there's actually a good part of this section. I'd say the second half of the book has. Um, this, this part of it where it just talks about spirits, like what spirits are, is New Orleans known for? There's, um, there's Papa Laba or the man at the crossroads where, uh, if you find a crossroads in your town and you wait there at midnight and you have a gift for him, he will show up and he'll give you advice. <sighs> it's real shit. <laughs> there's, uh, Le Grand, <coughs> Le Grand Zombie or something like that. Um, which is supposed to be, like, a serpent, but it's a spirit. Um, I don't remember all of them. There's, like, a Yansu and, like, um, John the Conqueror or something like that. Or that might be a saint. I don't remember. But it just goes into all, like, the spirits that, like, uh, New Orleans is known for. And a lot of them are really interesting. Like, a lot of them, like, for each spirit, they're, like, they give you advice about how to contact it. Like, what, what gifts to give it, or something. Like, one of them is, like... Uh, one of them was, like... There's also, like, a Fred Chicken Man or something. But one of them was, like, give him liquor. He'll, he'll He'll help you, like, figure out your job woes or something. Like, some of these are just, like... It's a spirit that is known for helping people in a financial burden or something. And they... Like, if you contact the spirit and set up a shrine for it and give it gifts, then it's supposed to, you know, help you get through your financial troubles. Obviously, it's kind of, like, a lot of hokey-pokey bullshit in, in, in one point, but it's also kind of, like, fun to think about. And, like, I know it's hokey-pokey bullshit, but, like, it would be kind of fucking weird just to go to, like, a crossroads, like, near my town or something at midnight with, like, a certain gift and be like ba you there? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of funny. Uh, so they go through all the spirits, but then this, the, the other part of the second half of the book is kind of weird because it's just going over, like, candles and what different candle color means. Like, green is for money, duh. Uh, like, red and pink are for, like, love and romance, and white is for, like, healing or something, and black is for, like, evil or death or something. <laughs> um... So a lot of it is interesting, but a lot of it is just like, oh, don't forget to anoint your statue with uh, all these different oils <laughs> that are known for different things. Like it's just kind of like I didn't need to read this, um, but uh, yeah. And then the the last part of the book is basically saying you know what what you should do in the Big Easy, like what should you if you're visiting. Here's here are the restaurants and bars and places you should visit which was really cool. Uh, and the book kind of went over that slowly, chapter by chapter, but it's cool when they summed it up at the end and was like, you know, these are the places you should go to. Um, and the very last chapter, or the very last section of that book was kind of weird because it just talks about, like, random stories uh, of, like, certain people that lived in New Orleans, like Emerald Legacy was living in New Orleans, and, you know, but they, freight like, the author, like set it up in like a really weird way because he was like, Oh, you're thinking about moving to New Orleans? Well it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Here's some stories of people that lived in New Orleans and like but they kinda of phrase it like these are people that moved to New Orleans but shouldn't have <laughs> but they weren't all like that. I don't know, it was a bit confusing. It kinda of felt like they were just creating a section of the book just to talk about famous people that lived in New Orleans and had a really good or bad experience. By the way, one of those experiences was uh, someone named Zachary Bowen who um, he and his lover Addie Hall were like living through Katrina and they were having a good relationship but eventually they got into like arguments and shit and it got really like really dark like like this, this book just went over his history and I guess they had to go over this but uh, he ended up like strangling her and like I don't even want to say what he did if you want to look it up yourself you can his name is Zachary Bowen and you can look up like Zachary Bowen B-O-W-E-N and Addie Hall and he did some other shit to her that's just fucked up and it's just like so weird for this book to just like explain that in such detail (laughs) um it's like when I was reading it I was like drinking a little bit at the time like you know enjoying the story and then it gets to that point in the book where he's talking about those gruesome details i'm just like oh no i did not need to read this right now i did not need to know that (laughs) it's kind of fucking weird that's in a voodoo book but yeah anyway um good book finished it Um, now moving on to a different book. Oh, by the way, some interesting facts I learned about New Orleans through this book, and I only have two right now that I wrote down, but I feel like I learned a lot more that I just didn't write down. But the two that I wrote down are really interesting. So the first one is, most buildings in New Orleans have wrought iron balconies. Let me start over. Most buildings in New Orleans have wrought iron balconies because of due to a spanish influence after a fire in 1788 destroyed over 800 buildings i know this firsthand because i was in new orleans in 2018 and i did see a lot of balconies that have like wrought iron like not fences but like what is that part of the balcony like what would you call that ladies and gentlemen the term is guardrail i know this firsthand uh and because in 2008 i visited new orleans i saw like all the guardrails of the balconies were like almost all like metal. So reading that in the book was super cool because it's like it jogged my memory again of being like, yes, I remember that. They're like all metal. And so the reason why they're metal is because there was a huge fire that killed everything, and <laughs> destroyed all the buildings. And so there was a Spanish influence after that. And apparently, you know, they were made in a, some kind of Spanish influence. I don't know. But I thought that was an interesting fact. The other one is New Orleans is below sea level, which I didn't even realize. So that that means it's like, technically lower than the ocean? Which makes me wonder what the elevation is there. Is it negative? New Orleans elevation is 6.5 feet. But shouldn't it be negative if it's below sea level, because wouldn't zero elevation be sea level? I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) so the fact is. New Orleans is below sea level, so graves are all above ground. Isn't that interesting? So the book described that at some point in the past, they used to be below ground. But what happened is New Orleans would often get like flooded or there would be hurricanes, right? Like Hurricane Katrina. And what would happen is when they're below ground, the water would seep into the coffins and they would come back out and that would affect people's drinking water. How fucking disgusting is that? Imagine you're living in like the 1600s or something when they didn't realize that they should have put these above ground. And you're drinking water that is like, it's like runoff from a coffin and you just get, it. oh God, that's so disgusting and creepy. Um, but that's so fascinating at the same time. So like it would get in and out of coffins and it would pollute the drinking water. So they had to move it above. Yeah, so all all graves are above ground now. So I already have my whole, <clears throat> I have a partial itinerary for New Orleans. I sent it to Gary, my friend, and we're going to try to make up, you know, figure out what we're going to do. But uh, there are a few places I definitely want to visit. Um, Delphine LaLaurie's house, the, uh, the, the slave abuser, murderer. I mean, I, I remember when I was there in 2018, we walked by it, me and my friends, We walked by it, and I vividly remember there was, like, a tour happening. Like, someone was pointing at it and explaining something, and it just looked creepy as fuck from the outside. Like, I got weird vibes from that house from the outside. Who knows what it looks like on the inside? Um, so I would love to just visit that and hopefully tour it. I don't know if I have to schedule that in advance, but... (sighs) Mari Laveau's uh, House of Voodoo, she was known as the Voodoo Queen, um... So that's I think that's more of a It might be more of a shop than like an actual house, but um, should be interesting. Marie Marie Laveau's grave, which is in St. Louis Cemetery Number One, um, again known as the Queen of Voodoo, so should be interesting to see. New Orleans Historic Voodoo Museum, which I've never been to. Priestess Murray Muriam Chamani's Voodoo Spiritual Temple. Um, and the Saint Ex- Expedité statue, which is actually based on a spirit. So I was reading through the book, and they're talking about the Saint Expedit—how do you pronounce that? Saint Expedité statue, uh, or spirit. And so there's a statue after the spirit. And I just was—I really was really interested in the spirit after reading the book. So I was like, I need to visit this statue. <laughs> um, <clears throat> some shops I want to check out. Rev Zombies, Reverend Zombies Voodoo Shop. Um, the Miriam Chimani's uh, Cultural Center is apparently a really good shop, and then um, I also listed Island of Salvation but That's in Bywater, so we probably won't get there unless Bywater is really close to the French Quarter, which I doubt it is. There's also another shop that, I don't remember what it was called, but I got an amazing um, candle holder that had like the foot of it was like a an eagle's talons or something and i remember seeing these two statues that were like like it was a it was a man that was like half man like half like deer or something and it was like i am the blessed day and then there was a woman who was like half woman half something else and there she was she had like this text on the statue that was like I Am the Cursed Knight or something. I just thought those were so cool. I wanted to buy them but I didn't have the money at the time I think. Anyway, if I can find that shop I'll definitely stop in there again because I thought they had really cool stuff. (sighs) So for music I'd like to uh see some blues music performances if I can. I heard Preservation Hall is really good for that. Um and then I also heard Tippy Tons might be good. I don't know what the vibe of those places are. They might be really too busy or too crowded, but we'll see. We're going to hopefully visit some cemeteries. Uh, St. Louis Cemetery Number 1 and 3 are supposed to be good. St. Roche Cemetery Number 1 and 2. Gates of Prayer Number 1 and Materia Cemetery are supposed to all have, like, really cool statues or graves. So I was thinking about visiting those. Apparently those are pretty dangerous. Like, criminals hide behind, like, the the graves or something and like try to rob people which is fucked up when you think about it that they're using a, a like a cemetery to like like rob people like that's just so fucked up so apparently you're not supposed to go at night which we I definitely won't be doing as far as food I definitely want to have a po boy sandwich like a really good po boy sandwich um I'd like to have a good gumbo and maybe a good jambalaya there's also this Italian sandwich called the Muffoletta, or the Muffolettos, um, which I'd like to try. Um, we might hopefully we'll hit up like Brennan's restaurant, which is famous, Commander's Palace, because Emerald worked there, and uh, we've got some like recommended po' boy shops that the book actually recommended. So I'm gonna see if we can go to those. And for drinks, I'm going to try to have a Sazerac, a hand grenade, and hurricane. And maybe there's like a few absinthe bars. I mean, French, the French Quarter is obviously associated with France, which is where absinthe comes from. So I'd assume that New Orleans has some amazing absinthe. And I'm all for fucking amazing absinthe. So i like to find some bars that have really good absinthe. And uh, as far as bars, I got to hit up the Blue Nile, man. Gotta hit up the Blue Nile. The Blue Nile is that one bar that has like a club on the top level that I went to on acid. <laughs> Which I don't know if I ever explained this on the podcast. But basically, the last time I was in New Orleans, it was uh, the weekend of Halloween. So on Halloween night, uh, I actually took some acid for the first time. <sighs> because my friend, you know, he talked me into it. And I was like, fuck okay, it, why not? It's Halloween. Uh, first of all, totally baller thing to do for your first time having acid to have it in Halloween on Halloween night in New Orleans uh, with everybody like everybody was dressed up in all kinds of crazy costumes and shit and experiencing that on acid which is so fucking weird. Uh, but anyway, Blue Nile is the name of the the bar that we went to where I remember taking a bunch of videos. It was the second floor of that establishment. That I remember having just like a generic like club atmosphere that I was at. So I'm trying to go back there to uh, hopefully recapture some memories. (laughs) Uh, So we'll see. Um, Yeah, but that's pretty much the plan for New Orleans. And that's in two weeks. I can't wait, honestly. We're going to be leaving on Bastille Day and arriving on Bastille Day like in the afternoon. So we'll see what kind of shenanigans are going on because of Bastille Day. And we're going to be staying for like three or four days and we're leaving on Monday, so it should be an amazing fucking time. I can't wait. And today's final topic of discussion is that dreams are fucking weird. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all ever dream dream about like people that you don't even talk to regularly or see regularly? I don't know. I guess if they're in your thoughts the previous day, then you're going to dream about them, right? kind of makes sense. Um, I feel like sometimes we dream about the people that we wish we could hang out with more because we don't get to see them as often and you know we don't we're kind of like not able to to be with them so I guess they enter our dreams kind of but I had the weirdest dreams last night and I don't really want to go into too many details <laughs> so the one that stands out is I I was asked by someone to put on a, a wolf suit. So, like, a wolf costume or something. And I'm not even a furry or anything. And I was told to put on a fucking wolf costume and do some fucking weird acts. Um and I don't want to talk about it too much because it's kind of weird. Uh, but what else did I dream about last night? I dreamt that... Uh, I was explaining how air purifiers work to my dead grandmother, Grandma Bernie. And I dreamt that I was in line in a grocery store and I was taking a long time to buy things. And, like, people started getting pissed at me because I was taking so long and they were just total jerks. And so I left and then I somehow didn't pay for it, so I went back (laughs) and paid for it. And the reason why I didn't pay for it is because... I put it in a styrofoam box, which didn't, which, like, <laughs> the metal detector didn't find it or something. You know, that detector when you exit, like, a grocery store or something. I don't know. Why styrofoam was part of my dreams last night, I don't really know. And a bunch of other random crap <laughs> that I dreamt about. Anyway, dreams are kind of weird. They're awesome, though. I like to write mine down. I try to write mine down when I can. I don't know. Dreams are weird. I have not got anything else to say really. That's the end of this week's episode. Hope do you have anything to say to the people. And and what what is that in English approximately? I, you you interrupted me. That was very unkind. Stop interrupting me. What's up? Okay. We can't we can't translate her her commentary, but. Hope you guys have an amazing week, Um, and uh, this week's advice is read books, I gotta start doing that more often, read books, Um, and uh, don't forget to wipe and clean your house. (laughs) Uh, That's that's the only advice I can think of for for today, Uh, so I will see you guys in the next episode show i money